This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. The past few weeks, we've been talking about the Church of Jesus Christ, that He calls us the family of Christ, and we are Christ's body with many parts, each one of them important. In today's program, we are using another interesting image to describe the wonder of the church, one which we don't talk about much. Please stay with us for today's message entitled, This is Us, the Bride of Christ. Today we're going to talk about your attitude toward the church as we finish up our This Is Us series. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God of mercy and grace, we we praise you for your faithfulness, and we thank you that your promises are true and your goodness never fails. We ask that you would come speak your words of life into our being this day. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, beginning at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word, so as to present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind, yes, so that she may be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own body, but he nourishes and tenderly cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I am applying it to Christ in the church. Dear friends, there are some people in the world today who enjoy poking fun at the church, maybe even running it down and talking negatively about the church. Some parts of the globe, there are people who persecute the church. Sometimes we even, when within the walls of the church, we'll hear criticisms of the church. Uh, someone once compared his church to Noah's Ark. He said, if the flood on the outside were not so bad, you couldn't stand the smell on the inside. That's not exactly a positive thing to say about the church, is it? Or some will make statements such as, the church is full of hypocrites, or it's irrelevant, it's behind the times. Some from the outside will point to some of the sordid history, such as the time of the Crusades, or more recent of clergy misconduct. There are others who tend to treat the church as kind of an extra in life and a non-necessity, nice to have around. What matters, though, is my personal walk with the Lord, they'll say. Let me ask you, what's your attitude towards the church? Do you love her? Or are you a critic? 
Do you cherish her or do you treat her as an extra in your relationship with the Lord? We've been talking about the Church of Jesus Christ for the past two Sundays in this little series called This Is Us. And along the way, we've learned that there are two ways of talking about the church. The church uh, can be talked about as the church universal, all believers in Christ on earth, such as we say in our Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Or we can talk about the church as a local congregation of believers in Christ called together and then sent out into the world to serve him. In the book of Ephesians, the old Apostle Paul uses various images to help us better understand what a special and glorious thing the Church of Jesus Christ really is. We've seen that he calls us the family of Christ, or we're Christ's body with many parts, each one important. Well, today he uses another very interesting image to describe the wonder of the Church, one which we don't talk about much. We find it in the fifth chapter of Ephesians as he is instructing husbands how to treat their wives. And in that instruction, he describes the church as the bride of Christ. In verse 25, he makes this very interesting statement. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now we have that marriage imagery. Church is the bride of Christ, and Jesus has loved her. He cherishes her with a superior type of love. Sometimes after we're married, we'll jokingly say, well, the honeymoon is over. But this love that Christ has for his church uh, is a superior type of love, and the honeymoon for him is never over. He's affectionate. He loves his church. And how has he loved her? In verse 25, we see that he gave himself up for her. To make her holy, which means set apart for him. He's cleansed her for himself with the forgiveness of sins. You see, this bridegroom was willing to pay any price for her. I mean, even going to a cross for her. He sacrificed his life for her good. I love the way Martin Luther talks about this in his writing, The Freedom of a Christian. Listen to this. Who can understand the riches of the glory of this grace? Here this rich and divine bridegroom Christ marries this poor wicked harlot, redeems her from all evil, and adorns her with all his goodness. Her sins cannot now destroy her since they are laid upon Christ and swallowed up by him. And she has that righteousness in Christ her husband, of which she may boast as of her own, and which she can confidently display alongside her sins in the face of death and hell, and say, If I have sinned, yet my Christ, in whom I believe, has not sinned, and all his is mine, and all mine is his. Isn't that a beautiful statement of how Christ has loved his church? He went all the way to the cross to make us his own. We also see in the verse prior to this little reading for today, in verse 23, that he leads the church, that Christ is the head of the church. He's been given responsibility for the church 
to care for her, to lead her, to take the initiative for her welfare, to help her to be all that she was meant to be. He's always up to something good on behalf of his bride. The church never knows what Christ is up to a lot of the time. He surprises us with all kinds of things. Sometimes in history, he surprised the church with revivals. He moves in ways that surprises the church with joy and health and growth. I've seen that in my own congregation. Jesus has led us uh, through some exciting adventures with evangelism ministry and outreach ministry and small groups ministry and prayer ministry and even took us into a relocation that none of us ever anticipated. He was leading. He was the initiator, the head. In verse 29, we also read that he nourishes and cares for his church as one cares for his or her own body. How does he do that? He feeds the church through his word in the sacraments. In that word, he cleanses her with the water in the word. It's a, that's a reference to Ezekiel 16, where God is cleansing his bride Israel, making a covenant with her, cleansing her, cleaning her up for himself. He, he protects her, taking care of her. He builds her up. He sees what she needs and what she can become, and he provides for her. He does everything in his power to shape and mold his body through the Holy Spirit's work. He cares for her as we care for our own bodies. And finally, we learn that he actually has a stake in her future. He holds her future, her destiny. In verse 27, it says he's preparing us for the great wedding day. Listen to these words of of Paul. So as to present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind. Yes, so she may be holy, set apart and without blemish the beautiful bride on the day of the wedding. I, I think of my beautiful bride 40 years ago this year on our wedding day coming down the aisle and all I could say was as she came towards me, she's beautiful. Well, Jesus will present her to himself on that great consummation day without stain or wrinkle. We were betrothed to him at our salvation. At the consummation, we are received as his bride. You know, at the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, the Apostle John is given a vision of the wedding of the Lamb. There's a great shout, hallelujah, and praise, for Christ has made his bride ready. The church has a great destiny you see, that awaits us. So this is us. In this world that can be so critical and condescending to the church, remember, we are the bride of Christ. Are we perfect? By no means. We won't be without blemish until that great, great wedding day of the Lamb. We're still a group of saints and sinners. (laughs) It resides within each one of us. We're blemished in need of God's grace and forgiveness again and again and again. But we are forgiven and we are loved by Jesus and we are a covenant people being shaped and molded by his Holy Spirit and called into service for the glory of God. We are the bride of Christ. I hope you understand the passion, the love that this bridegroom Jesus has for the bride. I hope you see the and understand the, the value of the bride. 
in the bridegroom's sight, and that you'll find joy and assurance in that. I hope you are feeling your attitude today towards the church just rising a little bit under the Word of God as we look at this image, the Bride of Christ. And you're coming to understand that the hymn writer is right when he says she's the apple of his eye. Now the question is, friend, if Christ is the bridegroom and the church is his bride, how then would he have us view the bride and treat the bride, our local church? Listen to this statement. If you love the bridegroom, then you will love the bride. For as Paul says, they are one. There is a special union of the two, becoming one. Hear his words, the last part of this reading for today. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery. I am applying it to Christ and the church. Remember when Paul, who once was called Saul, the great persecutor of the church, got knocked off his horse on the road to Damascus and he had that conversion? He saw the bright light and he heard these words. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you? And the voice said, Jesus, Saul, why are you persecuting me? See what I'm getting at here? You persecute the bride. You're persecuting the bridegroom. And then Jesus called Saul, who became Paul, into service for the bride. If you love the bridegroom, then you'll love the bride. Listen to this little illustration. Imagine this scenario. A man invites a friend into his home for dinner. They enjoy a delicious meal that the man's wife is graciously offered to make. The man and his friend casually catch up on life, but then halfway through the meal, the invited guest starts to do something unbelievable. He starts listing things that his wife's friend could have done better. The chicken's too tough, he says. You should have marinated it longer, and the broccoli's overcooked. My 12-year-old daughter could cook a better meal than that, and you really should do something else with your hair. And then he starts to criticize her character and even ridicule her. I'm guessing his visit would be cut short, and the guest would simply get sent away with a few choice words by the husband. Even if he might have been right about certain things, the typical husband simply wouldn't tolerate someone openly and caustically criticizing his wife. He loves her, and for a husband, that leads to accepting and honoring his wife despite her quirks and her shortcomings. But on the other hand, if someone reaches out and helps my wife. I uh, consider myself their friend. When you're good to the bride, you bring pleasure to the bridegroom. Grasp that truth and you will think in new and different ways about your local church. 
As a follower of Jesus Christ, I am to love what Jesus loves, and he loves the church's bride. How can I do otherwise? Now, when we talk about love in the church, we're not simply talking about a feeling. We're talking about a superior sort of love, the love that Jesus has that took him to the cross. Love is a verb, not a noun. It's an action word. I mean, just think of what we do for those that we love and are committed to. We, we talk of them and to them with words of affirmation. We say, I love you. I appreciate you. When we pray, we thank God for those we love. We give them words of value and honor. For those that we love, we make time for them. Make, make them a priority. Even when we have a busy schedule. Likewise, if you love the church, is she a priority time-wise in your busy schedule? Of course not. Or, or we give thoughtful gifts to those that we love. We think long and hard about how to give that person that we care about so much a, a special gift. Likewise, in the church, the, we give thoughtful gifts if we love her, resources of our time and our talents and our, our treasures, and we give them passionately. Those that we love, I know in our own marriage, we serve one another. We serve together. Are you serving in your church's ministries? And of course, we, we meaningfully touch those that we love. Are you committed to be there for worship every week? That's expressing your love to Christ and to his bride. And, and that's the appeal I make to you today. Christ loves his bride, the church. If you love Jesus, love your church. She's not perfect, but she is very near and dear to Jesus. And you might be thinking, well, that church hurt me somewhere along the way. Let me remind you that to love also means to forgive and to start over. Okay, where do I start? You might be wondering. Pray for her. To be the light of the world for Christ. Great commission people as well as a great commandment people. In your prayers, give thanks to God for your church and what she's done for you in the past. Pray for the bride's health and growth. Ask God to show you where you can serve and contribute to the mission of his bride. And then dare, dare to take the next step after you've prayed. Put that love to work for the bride. Ask your pastor for instance, where can I help in the church? Because this is us, the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ through whom Christ works, the family of Christ belonging to Christ, and we are the bride loved by Christ and valued by Christ, attentive to her. He delights in us. If you love the bridegroom, then you'll love the bride and count yourself blessed that you belong to the church. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the church, the bride of Christ. 
And we ask this day that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us to stand up for her and to love her and to serve her all the days of our lives. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the Internet and Radio Ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to give thanks to God for your church and what she has done for you. Then put that love to work. September is Anniversary Month for Christian Crusaders. Our first broadcast was aired 81 years ago on September 6th in 1936, live from Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa on WMT Radio. We now broadcast on 27 stations in 11 states across the nation, shortwave on the Internet and on satellite, as well as Imani Radio in Kenya, South Africa making us the seventh oldest continuous Sunday radio ministry in the United States. We are grateful to you, our listeners, for making this ministry possible with your prayers and financial support. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit, listener-supported radio ministry. In order for us to better know our listening audience, we invite your response. If this program has touched your life in some way, please write or call us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. You can also email us at cc at naz.org. That's cc at naz.org. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-693-2484. And be sure to check out our website at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and radio speaker on Christian Crusaders. Now in its 82nd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.